Welcome to the Mom and Dot 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 Podcasts. We're your hosts, Suzanne Kearns and Missy Stevens. We want to help you through everything that happens in the ellipses, from your professional life to your emotional health. You're a mom and so much more. Let's figure out what comes next together. Welcome to the Mom and Dot 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 podcast. I'm Missy Stevens, Mom and Dot 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 writer, foster care advocate, and today I'm a student with a test to study for. Oh, okay. I need to hear more about that. And I am Suzanne Kearns, Mom and Dot 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 writer, LGBTQ advocate, and I forgot to decide what I am today. So I'm just, I guess, super prepared today, <laughs> and a little bit, <laughs> and a little bit frazzled due to our thunder. And our guest yes. is uh, not too far away from me, location wise. So Amy Wolfgang is getting it too. And we are so excited to have Amy here today with us. Amy is a business owner, executive coach, and innovator in developing today's leaders. Amy helps leaders to show up with more presence and confidence, reach for who they want to be, and have a bigger impact on their organization and the world. She is a certified coach with the International Coaching Federation and has a master's degree in educational psychology from the University of Texas in Austin. Welcome, Amy. We're so happy Welcome. to have you here. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. Yes, and we're we're very hopeful that our power sticks with us. We're having a little bit of a storm here in Austin today. Fingers yeah, crossed. So it could be an interesting episode. <laughs> have some fun editing to do. Um, but before we get really into the nitty gritty of what you do as a coach, can you tell us a little bit about how you got here and your career path to this point? Oh yeah, absolutely. I started in corporate America, like many people, and. It was fun and I got to do a variety of jobs. And at some point, started to feel a little more, I always call it the blue flu. I wouldn't mm -hmm. want to go into work the next day. And I needed to figure out what that was because my job was fine. Mm -hmm. But what was missing? And I realized that every job that I had while I enjoyed it and I was good at it, it wasn't at its core helping people. I had jobs as a business analyst and training and development, finally in talent management, all things that you would think, yes, okay, she's helping people. But at its core, that was not, was not it. And so I thought, okay, I need to figure out what it is that I want to do that helps people. And that led me on my own journey to figure that out. And I realized, okay, I chose a path. I'm going to go back to school and I get my master's degree in educational psychology. I'm going to do career counseling as a path. And I loved it. And I thought, ooh, I love counseling but I also have this piece of me that's really action focused and action oriented. And I thought, Oh, Oh no. What, what does that, what do I do? And then I was introduced to coaching and I thought, okay, yes. Taking the counseling. And then I got my first certification in coaching at that moment. And the university of Texas offered me a job in the business school as a coach with their business students. Okay. So I thought this okay. is wonderful using my degree, using my business experience, using my new coaching certification, everything's coming together. This is great. And six months in, I'm like, ooh, this isn't enough. But okay, I wanted to work with adults. I was working with young adults, but I wanted to work with adults who had some meteor career issues. And so I thought, I'm going to start a company on the side. All's going well. I'm working at the University of Texas. Nights and weekends, I'm working at my business. Um, little hiccup in that I launched that business the same month I found out I was pregnant with my first daughter. Oh, yes. And it, fails. It, yeah, people say there's never a bad time to start a business. And I would argue the first trimester of your first child is not the best <laughs> time 
so <laughs> part of business, but I did and um, had my daughter and went on maternity leave. And then during maternity leave, I realized, oh, wait, if you're doing a full-time job and then a business on nights and weekends and you have a new baby, yeah. there's not enough time. And right. so, and at the same time, I carried the health insurance for our family. My husband at the time was an independent contractor. So I carried a steady job with, mm-hmm. you know, steady with health insurance. And I had to think, what am I going to do? Mm-hmm. Uh, and this was my first lesson I learned from a parenting perspective was how do I tell my daughter when she's older, she can do anything she wants. Mom was too scared. Mom, mom wouldn't take the leap, but you, you can do anything you want. It felt very much out of integrity. Mm, and, I, yeah. and so she's the reason I said, okay, it's time. It's time to take this, this leap. And so I left a job I loved and went into my business full time. And it's my first business doing career coaching and I loved it. And as you're seeing a pattern, I think with me, I started working with a lot of leaders as doing career coaching. And I realized, Ooh, I was doing a lot more assistance on their leadership and leading their teams and how they showed up as leaders. And I thought, yes, helping leaders at that level and helping them with their shifts then has an impact on everyone that they manage. And then Mm -hmm. those people manage and the impact is even greater. And so spent more of my time doing leadership coaching, opened a second business, coaching for good, focused on doing leadership coaching. Um, Then we had a pandemic. (laughs) <laughs> oh, I don't know if yes. you've heard about it. Yes, <laughs> familiar. Yeah, and that shifted a lot of things in all our lives. And yep. I left coaching for good at the end of 2020. And I'm back on my own in 2021 as Coach Wolfgang. Still doing leadership coaching programs, working with women, female entrepreneurs, female leaders. And that brings me to today. So lots and lots of transition. I guess, over the course of my whole career. And, but that's it, right? That's growth. That's growth and development change. And I live what my clients are, are doing, I guess. I'm trying new things and failing sometimes and succeeding sometimes and learning all the time and shifting and changing and growing. And, and here I am. Yes. I really love that. It's so in line with our mission to help Mm -hmm. people go through the pivots and the changes and not be afraid. Yes. Or to be, be good afraid. afraid. There's and be good. pivoting at the same time. So right. yeah. we're all kind of right. I can speak thing. to it. Right. It's 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 happening. And you know, even when I went into career and I decided to do the career work, it's because no one told me how to manage a career. I didn't know what to do. I just I got right. graduated from college. I happened to graduate during a time that the economy was fine. So I had a couple mm-hmm. of offers. I chose one of the offers, and then it's like, okay, good, you're launched. Yeah. But that's just the start. That's and so mm-hmm. no one teaches you what to do in between. And so I thought. Yeah. Uh, someone needs to do that. And I was like, oh yeah, that's me. And yeah. so now having led a company and grown companies and, and doing stuff, I, I done a lot of my own leadership and reflecting back on what I'm doing. And so now I can work with people and having lived it and having lived those different choices, it just, it makes a difference yeah. when you've experienced it. So, yeah. And so when I originally met you, you were at Coaching for Good. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. So I know that you're talking about how you did that pivot and moved into mm-hmm. more of the professional or executive coaching. Um, I think maybe you are the first coach we have interviewed who has that particular specialty of the executive or professional. So could you talk mm-hmm. a little bit about what what that means and who specifically would then be looking for a coach like you? Yeah, I work with a lot of individuals who are, I would say, director, VP level, that level within their executive ranks and above. And really, 
what got them there doesn't, <laughs> what got you to the point in your career where you're at aren't necessarily the same behaviors and mindsets mm. and perspectives that gets you to the next level or, or what got you there may no longer serve you. And so now you're faced with, hold on, this used to work. And mm. I used to have an impact doing this and it's not. And now what? And so again, back to, okay, so now can someone help me <laughs> figure out what's not working and how, and how I can have a bigger impact? Yeah. And how can I see the blind spots that I don't know about? Because we all have them and they're lovely. Yeah. And <laughs> someone needs to shine a light on them so that we can recognize them and move through them. And right. so most of the people that are working with me are, something's not right. Something's not working. I like my job. It's just not having the impact that I want. So where's that flashlight? And, and I bring the flashlight and help them through that. Do you help them think around decisions about maybe completely changing industries or fields, or is it primarily someone who's trying to get a lot better of what they're currently doing? You know, a lot of my time is spent on how they're leading. So how are they showing up as a leader? And not just how are they showing up, but how are people experiencing them? So mm. I always think of intent and impact. We might have the best intentions of how, you know, we're ha holding this meeting or talking with one of the, our direct reports and our intent is great but how they're experiencing that might not be so great. Mm -hmm. And so being able to work with them on some of those, those leadership issues. And then, yeah, how do I navigate to the next level? What's next for me at this company or elsewhere? I have, I've gained all of these skills and I want to have a bigger impact and my company is not the right spot for me. So where can I go? You can't separate your career and your leadership. You can't right. separate your life and your career and your leadership. All three have to be taken into account because interesting. we don't live in a compartment. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We want to, we want to compartmentalize. We want to say, this is just my career. I had so many clients who are like, I'm just here to talk about my career, not about my life, just about my career. <laughs> <laughs> my life is fine to touch my life. Right. <laughs> um, we can't, I mean, you can build the container, but it's leaky. Like the, <sighs> it's, you can't, it's not, it's permeable. Let's just call it that way. So that's interesting. I love that. No. Yeah. Uh, so I don't know if this happens a lot at the executive level, but I'm guessing it does. One of the things we talk about a lot is that inner critic. Yeah. And I don't know if it ever shuts up, no matter how much you achieve. And it kind of keeps us from doing the new things, keeps us from leading in a different way, or keeps us from going after the new job or the volunteer activity or whatever it is. How do you help your clients work with that voice. I mean, I don't know that it ever goes away, but you got to learn to deal with it. Yes. It, it never goes away. So thank you for bringing that up. That inner critic, <laughs> this is great. We'll be, we'll be with you always. There you go. Um, yeah. I'm done. No. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a great podcast. Sorry. <laughs> <and over. laughs> um, so our inner critic, right? Everyone has that voice, right? That tells you you're not enough or you shouldn't do that. Or who are you to be considering doing that? And yep. it, it's there and it has a biological reason, which is why it never goes away. So it is the manifestation of our safety instinct. It is there to keep us safe. <laughs> and, and what a lovely thing like that. That is, <laughs> that is wonderful. It's just it, so confused about how to do its job. Yeah. Right. It's going to be and, a little nicer about yeah. it. <laughs> it's not nice. <laughs> right. It is not. Yeah. It's very black and white binary. You are you should not do that, that you are not able to do that, right? It's very binary, but it's, it's there to keep us safe. And when we want to take a risk or live our purpose, right? That's a very different, that's not safety, right? Living oh, our purpose right. is taking a risk. And so when you want to make a shift, play bigger, um, change jobs, change industries, that is not safe. 
And so your inner critic's like, oh, hello, nope, nope, safety department, right? I'm coming in and I'm going to shut that down. Yes. Uh, And so it is with you. And what I like to say is we just need to be able to learn to hear it, but not take direction from it. Oh, yeah. That's a great tip because it's like hearing somebody you disagree with. You can hear it, Mm -hmm. but you don't have to agree with them. Yeah, You don't have to go in the same direction they're going. I've never really thought of it like that. And I love it. Like, I I hear what you're saying. I'll take it under advisement. (laughs) (laughs) And you're going to make a conscious choice to do something different. Yeah. It works the same way. What's hard is it's us. And so it's like, oh, we must know. We must know. That voice must be telling us the right thing. Mm. And a lot of times we don't question it. We're like, okay, well, yeah, I guess we're going to shut it down. Um, We talk a lot about listening to our gut. And so it's really easy to confuse the inner critic with your gut. Like mm-hmm. I'm supposed to be listening and being kind of intuitive about what my body is telling me and my body yeah. seems to be telling me no. So how, yeah. how do There's we- a lot of conversation happening yes. in here. <laughs> right. How do we yes. make a distinction between what is our gut that we really should be listening to versus this negative inner critic, which might- be trying to be in disguise. Like, mm-hmm. I'm your gut today. Really listen to me. Yes. <laughs> you shouldn't yeah, do that thing. Right. And I hear people say it's the voice of reason. Oh, it's just the voice of reason. And I should go with the voice of reason. Yeah. And, but, and to your point, Suzanne, so my, my new LLC that I formed when I created my company is called Head Heart Wisdom, mm-hmm. because I do believe we need to be in alignment with our head, with our heart and with our gut. I just didn't want to put the word gut in my in my LLC. So I call that wisdom, but it's your intuition, right? Your knowing voice. Mm-hmm. And th- that voice is in there. And oftentimes we don't pay attention to that voice because we hear a louder voice. And so what I'll say is if you're hearing the inner critic, it's a very black and white voice. It, there's no curiosity. There's no let's investigate. It's you shouldn't do this. Hmm. And, and when you hear that voice of no, don't, this isn't for you. Who do you, who do you think you are to be doing that? Right. There's no room for curiosity. And so that's a really good clue that it's your inner critic. It's shutting something down without an opening. That makes sense. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So now like I'm that. the. So when you hear that little nope, that's me to go on <laughs> right. high alert. And I hear it a lot. Okay. And, I, and all of us have different, vo- and all, all of us have, and I always have my clients write an, do an exercise where it's like, write all the things your inner critic says to you, write oh. it down, get it out. And it's amazing. And I've never had a person say, yeah, I just, there's nothing. There's nothing there. I mean, I give them time and people are like, can I have a few more minutes? Like, I mean, we know. So we, and back to that, Suzanne, um, we know what our inner critic says because it's very similar. It's on a loop. Yeah. And sometimes it's on a loop. And so if you can get those messages down that the inner critic says to you, then you'll be able to recognize them even, even more quickly. Oh, okay. So that was what I was going to ask you because I'm kind of the nitty gritty tactical, like, okay, I need an exercise to do. So that sounds like a very worthwhile exercise of doing, of just writing it down because I mean, you could probably just have that list there and be like, okay, I'm thinking this, is that on the list? Yep. Okay. That's the critic. So, Mm -hmm. um, so that would be a very worthwhile exercise. Are there any other ones that you like to have your clients do to just not necessarily quiet it because it's not going to go away, but to be able to just live with it, that it's the messy roommate that (laughs) you need to learn to live with. It's there. And again, what a lovely purpose it serves, but yes, um, I do. There's a couple more exercises. So the first one is we just have to, right. You write them down because let's make it 
let's make it apparent. We have to know what it's saying to us. We have to name it before we can change it, right? So we need to have, we need to be aware. That's the first step is awareness. So what does the inner critic say to you? And then once you do that, then it's a, it's a couple of things. Um, it is serving a purpose. It's the safety instinct, right? So you can ask your inner critic, what harm are you trying to keep me safe from? Mm. And when you look at some of those messages, they say there, there are some things of like, oh, I'm trying to save you from embarrassment. I'm yeah. trying to save you from, from failure. I'm trying to save you from people saying mean things about you. I'm trying to save you from those things. And once you understand the intent of the inner critic, like what the harm is, okay, that's good. Now I can make a decision like, you know what? Thank you for saying, you know, for, I'm going to go do a speaking engagement and the inner critic's like, who are you to go out there? What kind of experience do you have? And it's like, hmm, what harm are you trying to protect me from? Oh, embarrassing yourself in front of a thousand people. Okay. You know what? Okay. I, I, I got this. Like, I can survive that. Yeah. It's not, it's not, it's not the end of the world. So I think that's another great exercise is just to say, okay, what, what harm are you trying to protect me from? And just understand it. Yeah. And, and you can do that for every single one of those things that you've written down. The inner critic says to you, every message can, you can answer like, what harm are you trying to protect me from? Cause it might be different. Mm-hmm. Uh, another way. So I think you'll like this. Another way to make yourself aware of it. Um, draw a picture of it. Oh, oh. Stick figures allowed? <laughs> Anything is allowed. Because again, you want to bring it to your awareness. And sometimes yeah. when you draw for the, you know, it doesn't have to be a wonderful drawing, but just to draw it will help it because you want to separate it from yourself. For some of my clients, they're like, it's just me. It's me telling myself I shouldn't do it. It's like, no, we need to separate it. It's not you. Mm-hmm. It's the inner critic voice. And so how do we separate it from you thinking it is you? And it's draw a picture of it. Um, I... Oddly enough, I had a client who said it was a rain cloud oh, hmm. and she was able to draw the rain cloud. I've had clients draw all sorts of things. Um, that's their inner critic. And then they post it up somewhere in their workstation. And when yeah. they start to have those thoughts, they're like, oh, that's not me. That's you. Yeah. That's the inner critic talking. And so oh, it helps I them like think that. So. And you know, and going back to the one about what are you trying to protect me from? I think that is also a really nice way of making a distinction between your gut that's trying to protect you and your inner critic, because there's a big difference between, oh, don't go on that stage. That's scary versus should, you know, if I'm thinking of like a teenagers or whatever, but getting in a car. Or yep, something right. like, what are you trying to right. protect me from? You right. know, getting right. murdered, <laughs> like, yes. or, right. or you right. know, or getting in the car with someone who's been drinking, or whatever the case may be. And that is, yeah, that's much more logical. That's much more big consequences than, yep. um, than oh, I'm afraid you might slightly embarrass yourself. Right. You know, you might trip and fall, and what will happen from that? You will yeah. get back up, and you'll make a joke about it, and everyone will say, "Oh, thank goodness that wasn't me," and they will connect to you in the most wonderful way, and you will carry on and deliver. <laughs> Your message and yes. people will not forget it versus yes. yes a dangerous situation where hold on my gut is saying danger 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 mm-hmm. right and that so and that is the safety instinct kicking in there yeah right but for a way that's for a situation that's very dangerous versus we can survive embarrassment yes okay. we can yes. survive trying something out and saying oh yeah oh that book launch didn't go well okay next time uh-huh. I'm gonna do xyz we can yeah. survive that yeah, yeah. oh I'm I mean, so I curious to draw Missy thing. I know I want to draw and I'm just thinking about, I I have had this confused, I think in my life for a long time and hearing you explain it this way, I'm already 
seeing things differently because I think I have avoided finishing this book. Well, not finishing. I wrote a draft, but rewriting it and sitting out to the world because my inner critic was confusing me. Like mm -hmm. I was imagining that any failure would kill me, which is not, I mean, that's just not true. Like if I try to get this book published and it never gets published, at least I wrote it. Whereas right now it's just a, you know, one terrible draft sitting there with nothing. That's, that feels a lot worse to me than yeah. um, actually putting it out there and maybe not seeing it go anywhere, but I was confused yes. listening right. to the Right. And, and what harm is the inner critic trying to protect you from? Yeah. Like embarrassment, right? Like embarrassment and whatever. Like if it's a bad book, it's a bad book. <laughs> oh, right. Yeah. And let's say it's a bad book and no one likes it. Great. Now I've got the start of my second book, which yeah. is, this is what happens when you put yourself out there and or you, whatever it is, but it mm -hmm. might be a right. launching pad for something else. But what it's keeping you from is, is showcasing your gift with the world. Like you have something to say. And people don't yeah. get to see it because you're in yeah, a place like, nope, sorry. Yeah. Like it's, yes. it's been sitting there undone and it doesn't feel good. And, but admitting that it doesn't feel good was hard. Mm -hmm. And then admitting that I was not doing it out of fear is hard, but hearing you talk about those conflicting voices makes a lot of sense to me. Yes. I need to draw my little, I know. Yeah. <laughs> I keep picturing yeah. gritty. Do you know gritty that is in Philadelphia? <laughs> Oh the my Phillies. gosh. Yes. Yes. For some reason I keep picturing gritty is my, <laughs> I, don't know I, why. I think that's it then. That's awesome. <laughs> You're talking about it. And I just see an orange fuzzy monster. I have no, no that's idea. Awesome. I, well, and one, it's going to make you laugh. So you're going to say, oh, that's my inner critic. And it's something that's really sure into it is not a bad thing because you're like, oh my gosh. Okay. Yes. Thank you. Gritty. Shut up, gritty. <laughs> yeah. Because you, you can name it. You can name your inner critic. Um, if you're not someone who draws, you can write down the characteristics of it, of just saying, yeah. oh, this person is, you know, this is how it sounds. This is what the voice is. Just to, you, again, you want to get clear on it's not you, it's this inner critic voice. And so, however, you need to do it, um, sometimes it sounds like someone from our lives. Yeah. And that's <laughs> tricky too. Um, because we hear and we associate with that person. And again, you just put a picture of that person up above <laughs> your computer. <laughs> and if they happen to come over, you're like, oh, I just I just love you. Yeah. <laughs> I look at you every day. <laughs> um, yeah. And so I, I have to say, be careful not to put people's pictures around my computer because <laughs> if they ever like, hear this and come over, they're gonna be I like, your inner uh -oh. critic? Am I your inner critic? Like, what's happening? Um, yeah. And so it's, again, it just one, be aware of it to depersonalize it. And that's what the drawing or the naming or just depersonalize it. Um, if you're an auditory person, try to associate a song with it. It could be a goofy song, but something when you hear inner critics speak and then you hear a tune, because it can also cut the message to say, okay, no, I need to, this is my inner critic. Let's investigate. It's not me. So for some people who are auditory, mm -hmm. um, some people are very tactile. And so if you imagine a big old time radio and taking the knob and just turning down the voice for some people, Ooh. they want to do a movement. Um, I will say if you're in a meeting and you're hearing your inner critic, don't speak up, don't say anything in the meeting. And then you reach out and turn down an imaginary dial. People might look at you funny. <laughs> <laughs> They're not quite sure what you're doing. So in that case, pick a different movement. But <laughs> Um, but for some people, it's a movement piece. Just do a slider like, bar with your toe or something. Yeah, <laughs> something, something that people are going, 
I'm sorry, what's happening? I mean, <laughs> you see my arm out here in Zoom. <laughs> right. Churning it down. Um, <laughs> but just find what works for you, but, but depersonalize it so that you understand it's not you. It's, it's another yeah. voice. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And then you, so two things not to do, I will share with you. Um, do not argue with your inner critic. There's no arguing. You're arguing with the safety manifestation. Like if you're like, I, you know, you shouldn't write that book. <laughs> yes, I should. No one's going to read it. Yes, they will. No, you're going to fall. I mean, there's nothing your inner critic, your inner critic is going to keep going. And it's, it's not going to serve you. All of a sudden now you're just deflated and you're listening to this voice. So don't argue with it. Um, like arguing with a toddler. And no getting angry. It is like a toddler. If someone, I mean, the inner critic's scared, right? It's, it's fear. It's trying mm. to keep you safe. So when you yell at some, someone who's afraid, what does that do to them? That doesn't help the situation at all. Mm. So if you think about, again, no arguing, no angry, getting curious, what harm are you trying to protect me from? Um, some of my clients come up with a response that is not an argument, but you can come up with a response, an affirmation back to the inner critic, which is just a statement that's um, an I am statement or I choose. That's how I would start it. So mm. I choose to complete this project. I choose to share my gift with the world, right? You shouldn't send this out. You're going to, you shouldn't send out this book draft. You're going to, it's going to fail. And I choose to be brave or I choose to send my gift out to the world or I am brave and I am, or I choose. So you can come up with your affirmation. That's, and again, you're not arguing with it. You're just stating back to them. Yeah. I am brave. I choose to do this. I choose to take the risk. I like that. I do too. Kind of got a flutter. I know. I got yeah. My the little hairs on my arm went boop. Uh, I really love that. So I I had noticed on your website, and I just really loved it. And you'd already kind of talked a little bit about this the idea of aligning our heads, hearts, and guts. Yeah. And I think Mm -hmm. that a lot of what you've been talking about in terms of silencing the inner critic does a lot of those things. But just because I do think it's such an interesting topic, if there's anything else that you have a recommendation along that idea of aligning our instincts, I just want to make sure we have an opportunity to mm. share those with listeners because I just think that sounds, that sounds super important. <laughs> like it's just a real big goal. Yeah. And, it, and it's a lot harder than you think, right? You say it out loud. You're like, of course, I'm going to align all three of those things. No, we don't do that. Mm-hmm. Um, we oftentimes start with our head. And I would say, don't start with your head because guess what? We're very smart and we can make plans for anything. So if we start with our head and say, well, that can't work because here's my mortgage and here's my commute time and here's this. So those things won't work. If we, if we start there, we're shutting things down. But if we, if we start with our wisdom of, of our knowing voice of what we want to do, what we know is in alignment with our purpose. So if we start with our wisdom and we connect it to our values, and I do a lot of work with my clients on their values mm-hmm. and what's most important to them. And I have them do an exercise where they, they pick the, the 10 values up to 10 that are the most important to them. And I have them define those values because let's say one of my top values, as you know, one of my top values is integrity. And I say, you know that because when I went back to my story about my daughter and saying, oh, I can't be an in integrity with what I say to her. If I make this choice and integrity with my family is important to me, but let, you know, if integrity is important to me or creativity, I have to define what that means to me because what creativity means to me is different for Missy, is different for Suzanne, if that's one of your values. So yeah. getting clear on your value and then defining it. And we have to do a values exercise 
many times in our lives. There are some core values that we've had with us forever. That's wonderful. But when life changes, so do our values. Um, yeah. And so you have to revisit them. And sometimes we're living life. We're trying to make these decisions, right? We're trying to go to our heart and make the decisions from our values. But those were our old values, mm-hmm. especially when it comes to career-related things. It's like, well, no, I value stability and I value, you know, salary and I value ex- and it's like, oh, wait, hold on. Wait, I actually value now flexibility and family. And so you just, again, you're going to make a decision based on those values. Make sure you've done the work just to reevaluate, see where you're at yeah. and really look at your top few values. And so again, you're starting with your wisdom, your knowing voice, then going to your values and what makes sense. And then once you've decided what's going to make sense, go to your head. Because like I said, your head is smart. You can take that choice now and see if the plan can work. But if we start and try to go top down, it's much harder to align yourself. I have never thought of it that way, but that makes so much sense. That makes so much sense. But I always start with the head and the head talks me out of all the other things. Right. So I, when we talk about the values exercise and choosing those, um, I mean, Missy and I have done one actually for the podcast because we've had to make some tough decisions about some guests that weren't necessarily in alignment, not necessarily in the stuff that they were teaching, but there, there were some reasons um, as far as our activism and things that we believe in our lives, we just didn't want to give a platform. So, uh, so we've done hard, horrible decision to make. It is so hard, but it was this integrity of, you know, Mm -hmm. if we say these are the values that we believe in, then we need to carry that through to the podcast as well. But I, I just went through values exercise myself yesterday. And literally it was just Googling. It was Googling like values exercise. Yeah. Online. <laughs> awesome. Good. And, and we, we had a guest who came through and actually did a really great, ex- you know, kind of walk through like, you know, you get the list, you pick the ones that make the most sense to you. And then you group those values into like value sets then you go through each of the lists and you pick kind of like the representative word for each of the categories and then you put a verb against it to make an action statement out of it so i kind of went through um, that process that we had gone through with her you know and there's all kinds of lists that you can find i picked a brene brown one because it seems like she would have it but the different lists have different values (laughs) listed on them but does that sound like in general i mean that's very diluted version of what happens, but does that sound like what you mean by a values exercise or do you have a different spin on it? And, and there's, there's tons of values exercises. So I'm glad you Googled it because you will come up with something that makes sense for you. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of times I bring my clients through their past up to their future. So I'll have them Ooh. go back over their life and just think about if you're writing a book on your life, right? These are the chapter headings. What were the significant events, both positive and negative over your life? And then reflect back and and say, what values were missing in those negative events that made that event negative for me? And in the positive ones, what values were present that made it such a positive experience for me? So then once you're done, you can start to see patterns emerge Mm -hmm. of like, oh, I really need freedom. Like freedom is, I'm seeing that in a couple of places, like freedom is really important to me. And I, if I had to do, you know, the Stephen Covey rocks in a jar yeah. Yes, exercise. we just talked about that recently. We yeah. have yeah. the rocks in a jar. So, right. so if you're thinking about your values in that way, like what three values do I need to have in my jar to make sure that I'm living my life in purpose and in the way I want to? I just gave you two very distinct exercises there to think about it. But really, I have them go over their life. And from there, I have them choose their values from, 
I have a list. Of course, everyone has a list. Brene's list is wonderful. Uh, very comprehensive, of course, because she, because she's Brene. <laughs> she, she knows, she knows all this. Um, and it's, it's to really, and then when you get your list, I always have people prioritize it. Like really you can have 10 values, which I have my clients do up to 10, but you can't lead with 10 values. It's, it's what are the ones that if they get stepped on or they get, you know, or they're not present, you just, you can't be with, um, you know, one of the things I said when I was making the decision to leave a full-time job that had stability, right, had health insurance, had money coming in was the integrity piece, but it was also creativity for me. And mm-hmm. while I was able to be creative somewhat in my, my job, I was in a box of like, here's where your creativity needs to live. Like you can be creative, but within this box. And I really wanted the creative freedom to be able to develop what I wanted to develop. Mm-hmm. And I wanted time. I wanted freedom of time and flexibility to be able to say, okay, I'm going to choose to do this at this time. And no one's going to tell me, I'm sorry, you only get a 45 minute lunch. So that's not going to work for you. So for me, <laughs> yeah. those, those were really key and many of them still are today. So again, look back over your life. That might help. You have your list. You're defining it. Really ask the question because it's good when you prioritize it, then ask the question, but if this gets stepped on, What's the impact? And for some people, it's like, oh, maybe that's a value number five. Maybe that that mm-hmm. gets stepped on, I'll be okay. So those are the key things I would want you to do with the values list that you have, just to just to check it. Um, yeah, I feel like honesty is key here. And I think we've protected ourselves for so long, whether we're listening to the wrong voice or just filled with some sort of fear or anxiety. Like sometimes it's hard to really get honest with yourself. So if you have a client who's trying to go through this process, can you see when they're maybe struggling with telling themselves the truth? And if so, how do you help them yeah. shed what they need to shed? Yeah, it's really interesting. I have a client story that is perfect for that question. And this is not even planned. Um, <laughs> I had a couple of sessions with a client. I was getting to know her. We were talking about her career and, and where she was moving and, and what she wanted. And then I had to do the values exercise. And I swear when I read the values, I'm like, oh, I must be reading a different client's values list. I must've gotten something mixed up because it did not reflect our prior conversations. Huh. Well, this is interesting. And so she came in for her session and that's, the, uh, that's where I told her. And I tell my clients, I will be honest with them. Yeah. I'll say, and I said, when I read this list, it doesn't sound like you. Yeah. And, and, she, and she, but that was enough for her to say, well, no, this is what my parents, and this is someone who was in her forties. So this is not a 20 year old. And she said, no, this is what my parents value. And what was holding her back from making a move is because Mm -hmm. she was doing her values work. She was like, she was trying to be in alignment, but she was using someone else's values. Yeah. And of course she was stuck. Right. She's like, I'm going here. And then it pulls you back. No pure your values. And so I, made her do the exercise again. Yes. I suggested <laughs> she do the exercise again. I don't right. force anyone. I highly suggested right. she do it again. And she did. And with a freedom, and this again, and I, it was almost as though that conversation gave her permission to say, mm-hmm. right, those are my parents. And, I, and, I'm re- and she was ready to say, these are my parents' values. And I'm ready to put them down and put them away yeah. and define for myself. And it was a really defining moment. So yes, it's... Um, we are very good at, at not being honest with ourselves. We yeah. can sell ourselves a whole lot of stories. Right. Uh, and when you have that person, whether it's a coach or a really good friend, but someone who calls you on it, 
It's not easy. It's not fun. And it's necessary. Yeah. Yep. Oh my gosh. So good. So good. Oh my gosh. I have so many more questions I want to ask, but we're already, yeah, we're already 45 minutes in, I think. We are starting to run out of time, but I know. I could talk about this forever. I know. We could. That's how you know you're in the right job. (laughs) You love talking about it. I will tell you when I first started coaching, I set a timer on my phone. That gives me about a one minute warning before we have to wrap up so we can make sure that we finish everything. Um, And I thought, I'll just need it for the first year I coach. It's just kind of a crutch. (laughs) No, I get so involved (laughs) with my clients' stories and we are engaged that sometimes it feels like five minutes and my alarm is going off and it's been 50 minutes already. And I think, my gosh. So I still have to use it because when you're present and in that with someone, time ceases to exist. Like today, I can't believe what time it is. I know. (laughs) I know. I just looked at the counter. I was like, how, how? And you know what? And I'm realizing that the rest of the questions I have for you are actually kind of in another category. Um, so maybe we can yeah. talk you into coming back again someday yeah. to talk about Anytime. them. Um, cause what, what I'm really interested in also getting your feedback on, even though you coach executives, mm-hmm. um, we talk to a lot of former executives who have mm-hmm. taken extended career breaks mm-hmm. to be home with yep. kids, or maybe due to COVID have realigned some of their values and are trying to figure out how to go from executive to maybe, you know, a little less executive mm-hmm. or trying to look at different what that kind career of looks executive. like yeah. or different yeah. kind of executive. Yeah. So I think we could have a whole episode just dedicated to like the pre, during and post life of an executive and how they mm-hmm. can think about their career a- across a continuum um, and yeah. not just in a particular point. So, right. And, it, and in careers, not linear. Right. We, we yeah. tend to think of career as linear and it isn't. Um, I mean, I suppose it is for some people, but that's not how life Mostly works not. for most people. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And getting comfortable with that. And yeah, I would be happy to come back and chat Yay. about that. There's so much to say there. Yeah, okay. absolutely. Good. So we're so teasing we that episode. Definitely <laughs> we'll get that. I know for anybody who, yeah, you probably, people don't know that it took us three tries to schedule this interview. <laughs> so yeah, we'll talk we'll to you next June. Yeah. <laughs> I think I'm free. <laughs> oh, well, that is terrific. So, okay. So people who are, you know, this is probably going to be airing um, in December. So so yeah. people are going to probably be thinking about New Year's resolutions mm-hmm. and, you know, starting 2022 fresh. So mm-hmm. yes. we are very much hoping that people will be reaching out to you and learning more about you and um, getting to work with you. So do you do seminars or events or primarily is it one-on-one? What's the best way for people to work with you and find you? Yeah. So, so many things. I need to tell you one thing on thinking about a fresh start with the new year. I will say, here's homework. Um, Think about one to three words of how you want 2022 to feel. Mm. Not goals of what you're going to do. I just, how do you want it to feel? And just get that set because that's going to be a nice touchstone for you throughout the year. So I will say that. And then I'll also say, pick your song for 2022, whatever, again, back to those feeling words, find a song that, and then you can play that song throughout the year, especially on days that aren't going very well and just remind yourself. So pick your song for your journey, pick your feeling words. I have to say that because that's good homework. It's an exercise that I like to do. And it's not about resolutions that we will fail at within the Mm -hmm. first 15 days. It's about Mm -hmm. how I want the year to feel. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, I am excited. So I'm doing a lot more group work now than I ever have because what I've, I used, I do one-on-one work. Absolutely. 
And I used to think, gosh, I wish my clients would meet each other because I had such amazing clients. Like, <laughs> yeah. I want them to meet each other. So I am doing, um, for those women who are in VP or director level positions right now, I do have a program starting in January. That's a women leaders program. It's 10 months. It's virtual. So you can be anywhere in the U.S. Um, we're kind of coming to the U.S. right now, just in terms of time zone changes, but it's, it's a 10 month program that your company would sponsor you for. Um, so it's 10 months, you get executive coaching, you get workshops, you meet incredible women and I get to help foster collective wisdom. And that's, that's what I want to do going forward. And then yeah. if you're an entrepreneur, I'm also starting a mastermind in January for entrepreneurs. So the female entrepreneurs, my, my cohort's going to be female with this one. I may have subsequent groups, but my, it'll be female entrepreneurs. And that's going to kick off in January as well. And that's a mastermind where you meet once a month for three hours and you get to talk about your business challenges. I like to call the mastermind your extended board of directors because it's mm -hmm. eight to 10 mm -hmm. women who really care about your business, want to offer you perspectives, want to help you through your challenges. So I also get to do that. So I'll be doing that in January in addition to one-on-one -on -one coaching. Oh, wow. Yeah. So and is your website the best place for people oh, yes. to find and you? Yes. Go, uh, coachwolfgang.com. You'll have information on my programs. You can get a hold of me. Um, connect with me on LinkedIn. That's another good place for me. Great. So I'm, right. I'm there as well. Perfect. And we will put all those links in the yes. show notes on the Ooh, website yeah. and uh, wherever you listen to the podcast. So terrific. Yeah. Yay. Oh my gosh. I am overflowing with information. I know. I know. I, I've, I've been. I can't wait to, to like listen again while we do show I notes. I know. Like but yes, yeah. I know. And I'd love to do our look, listen, learns too, because as much amazing information as you have around coaching, we want to <laughs> give a listeners an opportunity to learn a little bit more about what you do in your in your spare time. Yeah. With your look, listen, and learning. So, do you have anything that you have been watching or reading or learning about that you want to share? Um, I have just finished a book called Boundary Boss. By oh. Terry Cole. I don't know if you've heard this one yet. No, Ooh. I have not. Um, I've tried to get really good at setting boundaries and I've done an okay job, but then sometimes we start to feel resentment. I don't know if that happens to you. Mm -hmm. And whenever I feel resentment, I realize that I did not adhere to a boundary that I'd set. I allowed someone to break a boundary and the resentment's always at myself, right? But that's the feeling that I know that I'm like, uh oh, resentment. Okay, there was a boundary issue. So I thought, just going to pick up this book and see what, what Terry has to say. And oh my gosh, um, I love her book for so many reasons, but I'll tell you, she tries to help you get to the root of your boundary issues. Oh, I have, mm. let me tell you two of the things that stuck out for me. She said, under the guise of being caring or a caregiver, we may find ourselves overgiving, overfunctioning, and overextended. It's like, oh, oh. oh. Suzanne and I both like, ouch. Because <laughs> many of us are caregivers. I mean, we care and, and that's how we express mm -hmm. our love and for people and oh, nuts. Yeah. So that's what leads to, to that piece. So um, so she gets to some of the roots of what's going on there. Um, oh, and then she talks about how our boundaries are invisible, but we have and we have to establish them with words and actions. So a lot of times we set our boundaries in our heads, right? We're like, we're very clear. But if we haven't said that to people and we don't act within those boundaries, then they're invisible and people are crossing those lines all the time. Yes. That's so oh, funny because one, one of my look, yeah. listen, learns was going to be about my new curtains up in my office <laughs> because I have, I don't have doors. I've got a little tiny office that like is supposed to be a dining room and it has, you know, two doorways with no doors and, you know, people will just come walking through there. Even Ooh. it's not 
a shortcut to the kitchen, but for some reason the dog uses it to get to the kitchen. Yep. My son will just pop in. Um, yep. So I went and got these $50 pair of curtains. They are the brightest yellow that you will ever see. These You cannot <laughs> miss them. them. If they are closed, <laughs> they are closed. <laughs> see, in action. Well, I'll, I'll yes. tell you during COVID, when my, all of a sudden we were all, you know, at school and then my husband was at an office and I was at an office and all of a sudden we were all in the same house together. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had client calls and I, I cannot be disturbed during client calls. And I had to make a stop sign type thing outside my door. And it said, enter if it was green, if the arrow was on green, yellow, knock, but then you can enter. And red was do not enter. And I'm like, okay, I'm very clear when it's on red, do not enter. Yes. At some point, my kids decided that they were going to start shoving notes under my door. So <laughs> they were entering. They were like, I'm adhering to your boundary. I'm not entering. And then I'm going to the client and I'm seeing like paper flying by and I'm like, <laughs> So I had to reestablish the boundary. <laughs> no notes. <laughs> no notes. Yes. Nope. No foreign objects may Nothing. enter this room. Gosh. So uh, yes. I had to so, say, don't even knock because right. the knock would be distracting and also worry me. Like yeah. they know I'm busy. So if they're knocking, they must really need me. Yeah. Yes. But no, don't, they're don't just knock. knocking for, yeah, just to knock. Yeah, and, just knocking like, no. do you know where dad is? Right. <laughs> don't. <laughs> I'm busy. Like, you go find him. <laughs> He's there somewhere. Oh my gosh. The house is it's not it. that large. Right. You can find him. <laughs> and you could find him more quickly than asking me this question. So go, yes. yes. <laughs> yes. Um, oh well, and the, the last thing I will say on this book that I love about Terry is she gives you scripts for setting boundaries. So if you're someone who's like, well, that all sounds great, but I don't know how to set a boundary. Mm-hmm. She gives you wording. Statements. Oh, I need to read love that. Yeah. And obviously when I get something like that, I'm like, it's great. Cause then I can make it my own, but mm-hmm. sometimes starting is the hardest part. Like, I don't know what I would say. And it's like, Oh, someone said, we'll try this. And you're like, not quite that, but I'll change that. So yeah, very, so Suzanne, you'll love that because yes. there's actions, like it's very tactical and she helps you get to the root of it. So highly recommend founder oh. boss. That's, and I just Got finished it. that I'm on to, I don't know what's next. So I, I'm trying to do the 52 books in a year. Oh, yeah. good for you. I'm not going to accomplish it, but I set the goal. <laughs> Only 50 more to go by December. <laughs> Speed reading. Um, I'll, I'll, um, I'll, I did more than if I hadn't set the goal. I'll put it out yes, that way. Perfect. But, yes. Um, yeah. Yeah. You're making advancement towards the yes, goal. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Wonderful. Oh, totally. that's a great one. I know. What about you, Missy? You got any look, listen, learned? I do, but let me remind myself where they are. Okay. So (laughs) I mentioned at the top of the show that I had a test to study for. So master gardener is almost over. It has been 16 weeks. We're not quite at that 16, I guess next week is, but our test is this week. That went fast for me. Yeah, for you. (laughs) I have nothing to do with it. Um, So it really did actually go fast. I mean, when I looked at it in the beginning, I'm like 16 weeks of classes seems very excessive. Um, but yeah, it's almost over and I have to take a test tomorrow. I haven't taken a test in a long time. I think, I mean, it's a volunteer program essentially. And so I don't think it's going to be a hardcore serious test. I have a feeling if I need to look at my notes, I might be able to, but I'm going in prepared that I can't. So, um, yeah, so I'm relearning how to study. Haven't done it in a long time. That's my learn. Um, and then I just started reading the Lincoln highway by, uh, I think it's Ammer, Ammer towels. Did mm. anyone read the rules of civility? Mm-mm. Okay. Rules of civility is one of my all time favorite books. I highly recommend it. So this is the same author 
and um, I'm actually listening to it. I said I was reading it, but I'm listening and I'm not super far in, but already it's just beautiful writing. It's the kind of writing that makes me think I should not listen to this while I'm in the middle of NaNoWriMo National (laughs) Novel Writing Month because it gets in my head and I'm like, I could never achieve this. Oh, I was gritty. Like, there's gritty. There's gritty. Gritty. <laughs> gritty. gritty has emerged. Yeah. Yes. So it's beautiful. So I highly recommend it. It's he's an amazing storyteller and um, that and rules of civility, both of them great reads. Um, okay. And then I have products to share today and then I will Ooh. stop talking. So this is my go-to. I'm holding it up, but it's Elta MD. The light is so weird. Anyway, Elta MD UV restore broad spectrum SPF 40. I've been wearing it every day for a while now, so I waited to share it, but it has been my go-to since probably June-ish. Yeah. Good stuff. I'm going to wear it instead of any kind of foundation or anything, and it stays on and stays put, and I did did not get sunburned while wearing it. Is it, it tinted or is it's it? It's tinted. Oh. They haven't untinted, but this is tinted, and then I usually throw a little of this on top of it, and it's the Charlotte Tilbury... I think Tilbury is how you say it. Anyway, Hollywood flawless filter, me and Hollywood. Um, (laughs) But I mean, a couple dots I've seen. I watched a video about this and the person like put it all over their face. I think that would be a little much, Um, but just like a couple dots under my eyes, over my eyebrows, and it sort of airbrushes out a few things. So I this is what I use almost every day. That's awesome. And I love them both. So we'll link to them in the show notes. Oh, it's been a while since we've had a product showcase. I know. I was thinking about that as I was getting dressed today. I'm like, I've never shared these and I love them so much. <laughs> the, this is not cheap, but it lasts forever. So yes. kind of worth it. Oh, those are good things. Awesome. Okay. Well, in addition to my curtains that I've been looking at, I've been <laughs> listening to the Good Life Project. I think I talked about this on Tipsy Ellipses last night, but um, bit, it's yeah. Jonathan Fields. They're on like episode 560 <laughs> yeah. or something wow. crazy. It's been around forever. So I have not <laughs> discovered Jonathan Fields. <laughs> Apparently he's been around. Um, but they the description of the podcast is inspirational, intimate, and disarmingly unfiltered conversations about living a fully engaged life. So he has guests like Elizabeth Gilbert, Brene Brown, Gretchen Rubin, a lot of our favorites. But then also just random people like from his neighborhood or whatever that he is impressed with things that they're doing in their lives. But the reason I found out about the podcast is because he has a new book out called Sparked. Um, which the subtitle is discover your unique imprint for work that makes you come alive. So it has a, you know, I love to take a test to figure out (laughs) what I'm supposed to. I just want a test to just tell me exactly what I'm supposed to do. But one day it's a little bit different than like a, uh, what is the Meyer Briggs? It's kind of like, you know, Myers Briggs or whatever. Uh Um, but it's much more of. Kind of like Enneagram is the explanation. It's like why you do the things that you do. It's not just mm-hmm. talking about the things that you do. Um, right. This is much more of like, it doesn't say, hey, you should go into the medical field or, hey, you should go into accounting or whatever. It's more of a, you should do something in your life that fulfills this essence of your personality. And yeah. it's, it, but it's not specific to any particular, you know, field or profession. Um, I have not read the book. I've just done the little <laughs> online quiz, um, which was, uh, well, maybe, hey, if you want to take it, Missy, maybe we can share our results. Ooh, we can do it. Yeah. It's totally free. It's online. It's free. 
Um, this I love a quiz too. This Jonathan Fields from everybody that I've heard the interviews with him apparently is just the most generous, kind, Aww. like altruistic human in the world. I don't know everybody. I, I know this much about him, but what I do, oh, everybody just seems to be like, he's a giver. And he says that, you know, he, he wants this test to be free so that people can just have it and live better lives. And he's not trying to take, make money off, off of it, but is probably trying to make money off the book. Um, <laughs> but it is something if, if you don't want to plunk down the money for the book that you can take the test online for free. And we'll put a link to that in the podcast notes as cool. well. Now, did he, was his first book, The Good Life Project? Like, was that his very first I one? I believe so. Yes. That's why I, I have it so funny because I, ha- I read that book and I have a, I actually went out and bought a poster of the things he says in that book. They oh. have, and I have it sitting right here in my office. And you said that. And I'm like, oh, I haven't listened to that podcast. How do I know him? And that's why it's from the book. Oh. So his first book is wonderful too, because it talks about looking at your contribution and your health and your relationships in terms of living a good, a good life and making sure all three of those buckets are full. So just a really oh. interesting take okay. on that. So okay. his first well, now, book is good. I, need I don't think day. there's a quiz though. I don't think there's a quiz in that one. <laughs> no, I don't think so either. I think probably it sounds like from the, I've listened to a couple of podcasts with him and, and then a couple of his podcast interviews. He's just a lovely interviewer. I mean, um, he's just like, there, so present. It's just, oh, I want to listen. it's kind of yeah. like a nice little hug. It's just like, and he's and the people he talks to are so inspiring and interesting. So I really, I want to now look at the good life project as well. Yeah. And there's a whole website dedicated to the Good Life Project. They have a Facebook group too, which I joined, but it's like, I don't know what it is with Facebook groups. I mean, I love ours to death, but I think they are places where in a lot of cases people are, I don't want to call them lurkers because that sounds creepy, but (laughs) it can be a little intimidating to, you know, come out and be like, hey, I'm feeling this or hey, I'm thinking this. So they're there more just absorbing information and not necessarily, you know, engaging in this robust dialogue. And I was really shocked to find the same thing in this Good Life Project because I was like, well, certainly this must have like 4,000 comments and whatever, but it's more of like, Here's information being shared. And I think people there, I, I have no doubt that there are thousands of people who are like taking it in and, you know, using that and trying to apply mm-hmm. it to their lives. Um, but it's not necessarily, you know, you're not going to go there and, you know, share a hundred memes with someone and, you know, just like right. small talk. I think <laughs> right. people are there are really Little there buddies. to learn. Yeah. Um, so anyway, but that there is a Facebook group um, associated with the Good Life Project too. If anybody wants to pop in and check that out, I'll be there. <laughs> you say, I'll be the one person that's like, hey. Trying to engage. I will engage you. <laughs> awesome. Uh, but anyway, okay. So the, ooh, my reading list is going to be like this, y'all. I mean, my I mean, I think I said it last night or the day I don't remember. At some point this week in an interview, like my bedside table is obscene. Yeah, it's piles of books. I'm I don't know when I'm going to get to them all. I fantasize the holidays. about just. Yeah, maybe yeah. the holidays. Maybe the holidays I'll do it. I don't know. I actually I'm gonna fly this week, but I feel like I need to use that flight time to write. NanoRimo. Yeah. yeah. I'll just I'm this gonna is... I'm gonna change your wording a bit to say you you're gonna choose that time oh. to write. Mm-hmm. Yes. This is why we need coaches, people. <laughs> <laughs> Anytime my clients say need or should, I always interrupt and say, We're gonna change that language into I choose to. Um, so good. Yes. Right, because um, 
I'm sure other people have said this to you. Don't should on yourself. Oh, yeah. That's <laughs> yeah, one of our favorites. But also uh, with need. When you see yours, I need to. It's just, oh, I choose to. I choose to. Choose to. Oh. I like it. Okay. Even just making that yeah. change today. Oh my gosh. Even in the outro, you've got nuggets of wisdom. I just, <laughs> this is so good. <laughs> you need to end this. So I stop talking. <laughs> we refuse. We're going to squeeze every bit of knowledge We are out definitely of you. having you back because there is so oh, much more we need to talk about. Yes, there is. Yeah. Love we'll it. get that on the Would schedule and then we'll reschedule and then we'll reschedule and then we'll, then we'll and have then a we'll nice have conversation it. about yes. it. Yes. <laughs> well, thank you so much. We know how busy you are. And Yo. as much as we're joking about the rescheduling uh, the fact that you were willing to adjust and yes. make it work and fit into your life that really means a lot to us oh, so we so appreciate, appreciate it, it and thank appreciate you. all this great information so yes thank you so much and yeah. enjoy oh. the rest of your rainy day i know i will and we kept technology throughout the whole thing which i know so we're still recording yeah yes <laughs> all right so, well thank yeah. you again you have a great well, rest thanks, of the day ladies. Okay. all right bye. Bye. bye thank you so much for joining us for the mom is dot 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 podcast. We hope you enjoyed the show today. And if you know someone else who could benefit from today's episode, be sure to share it with them. Also, please subscribe and rate us wherever you listen to podcasts. You can find links to all the things we discussed today in the show notes over at our website, momandpodcast.com with the A-N-D spelled out. In between shows, you can find us at the socials, including our private mom and community Facebook group. You can find links to the group, all of our socials and our questions and comments section over at our website, momandpodcast.com. Thank you so much for your support. We appreciate you so much. Now go out there and make your ellipses count.